Good afternoon, you're very welcome. You're listening to Local Media This Week on Scariff Bay Community Radio, the programme that has a look at the local papers, the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo, and we see what they're talking about. Local Media This Week is sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography, Ruth based in Fecal, and we thank her for her sponsorship. Uh, joining us today, we're, we're um, one man down today, uh, John S, first of all, you're very welcome. Thank you very much, Jim. Delighted to be here. And Pat O'Brien. Pat, you're very welcome. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> we don't have David, unfortunately, this evening. He's away. But uh, jumping in off the bench again will be Luke Fleming. So, Luke, good to see you. Thanks, Jim. Now, uh, looking at the front pages, I suppose the first thing that uh, struck me anyway was a picture there on the front of the Clare Echo about um, the celebration up in Flagmount for Kilinina GA Club, and there's our own Pat McNamara with a number of uh, leading club people in in Kilinina. Could, could I say, Jim, before you start, a man commented, commented to me during the week that he said, those sports line guys are gone awful quiet, and I told them I would give them a few weeks off over the Christmas. Yes. <laughs> but they're back with a bang, obviously. Yeah, well, we've given them a few weeks over Christmas, and we have replayed some older interviews, um, some of them of people who passed away. And um, so, but this week anyway, we were in, uh, la the, yesterday you will have heard Sportsline, and uh, we were in Flagmount Hall last weekend, and we recorded the whole thing. Pat is there with uh, Tommy Clancy, Paddy Brody, and Martin Kenny. And there are other photographs as well, um, later on in the Clear Echo uh, from the night. Yeah, it's on uh, page 22, Jim, Kilinina, uh, and also it's ourselves, and there's uh, uh, four photographs there uh, of the lads as well. Um, um, Shane O'Donnell, uh, John Conlon, and... Um, Conor Whelan, yes. yes. And they, they, were, they, they were all from their parents were from the same townland. Same townland of Faha. And they were... They what, had, what do you call it? Faha. 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 And they're three ourselves as well, so... Yes. I suppose it's nice to see Kilinina on them and they had a, they had a big crowd and, and uh, it was a marvellous seat and it was bought in board papers, it was on the Clare Champion Sports section as well. Yes. And they have a, they have a development uh, plan, haven't they? Yes, they, they were also launching their development, development plan, plan. They are, they are, for, for the field. Yeah, yeah. the development plans next phase involves Kilinina GA fundraising an additional 50,000 for the completion of their plans which involves installation of additional improvements to the field, stand and gym. Um, so I suppose they're, they're, they're moving on with their, uh, and, and, and updating their facilities, like I suppose all clubs have to do that. Did you, come, did, you come, Pat, did you come across a reference in the, in the media uh, to the County Council grant, community development grants? Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's featured there in the papers as well, John, this week. Um, it's, there's an ad there on the paper and uh, uh, a bit on the, on the news section as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it's for East Clare. I think it's, it's next Wednesday. Wednesday perhaps. the twenty for the yeah, yeah for the Killaloo Municipal District. Yeah, yeah. Do you, Jim. Do you, for our listeners, what are we talking about there? Well, it's well, for community council really. It's for community yeah, community groups. Groups uh, can you know apply for grant aid to um, towards the. Any the project, a project. Yeah, but there, there are certain categories yeah. in yeah. the thing. So, uh, but there is a, 
it's possible to go in next Wednesday to the library, to the library yeah. in Scariff, to the council Co offices, yeah. Yeah. where somebody will be in a position to answer questions. Yes, they are on page six of the ECHO, and there's a, uh, an ad there, and it, it, it gives the, all the various places you, you can go. Wednesday the 31st of January is the Killaloo in the offices in Scariff, and it's from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Yes. And community funding program opens for applications, so that's the department's uh, role in community development. Hmm. So I suppose you, 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 have to, you have to apply online, John, uh, for these things, but you can go in and, call, and, and talk to the community development officer yeah. Yeah. and See, get advice. There's, ground, there's one for uh, development in villages and then you have one for, for um, 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 cemeteries. Now facilities, like what they're talking about up in Flagmount. That'll be a relevant application. I'm not sure if GA clubs can apply now. I, I could but is he need me in a GA club as such? Yes. No. A facility for the rural A facility community. for rural people. Or people, imagine yeah. they'll have a good look at it anyway. Yeah. 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 Well, there wouldn't be a huge amount of money. 5,000 is the maximum. So, uh, like oh, well, five, five, we, we take five ourselves. You want moonlights and, and, and also put pets and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, yes. development in the arts and, and some is, yeah. other areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, the, there's another the, photo. I just I need to move on. Cemeteries. Yes, cemeteries. There's a lovely photo by John Kelly of uh, the coastline or the, the sea during Storm Isha uh, taken at Doolan. Uh, absolutely fabulous, fabulous photograph. Fabulous. It is that captures the power and strength of those waves. And you love to have that house now there, and I have it, have it, have it renovated, and I suppose it's, 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 it's not um, been lived in, I'd say, Jim, where they are. It doesn't look like it, no. no. You'd want a good, plenty of insulation, anyway. Oh, yeah. And heat source. <laughs> well, maybe when the summer, you could be there in the summer, Jim, when the sun, the sun is shining. Did you hear the guy this morning on radio, on radio uh, who had come across the Atlantic in the middle of the storm? No, I didn't see that. No. Unbelievable. Mm. And how did he get across? He, did he, he was in a boat. <laughs> no, but a rowing boat or a... Some kind of a... Yeah. Luke, do you know... He should come so fairly fast, so with the wind behind him. Yes. He was lifted. <laughs> <laughs> Looking yeah. at just at the other thing, and it dominates the, the Care Champion this week, Dan yeah. Danaher has a number of pieces talking about a subject we have often talked about before, uh, the UHL hospital and it says a new record for patients on trolleys in Limerick and that new record has been 132. So 132 people on trolleys and Dan Danaher has a piece on, uh, is it page, uh, it is into it in a couple of pages. About advising us, is it? Uh, where um, I think someone, 100 hours on a trolley is uh, was was recorded, yeah. and uh, if that wasn't enough, a Super Bowl has been found. No, no, yeah, but it's not deadly. Yeah, <laughs> but Jim, there is a there is a, a, a an article there, uh, page four from the the hospital. Uh, page four, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't attend the unless the situation is life threatening. No, I know, I, I know, but what I'm saying about. Following up on Jim's point, you, you, you uh, gave us numbers on trolleys, right? They're, the hospital is coming back and it's telling us and saying to us, look, be careful about coming into the, it, coming into the um, 
uh, emergency department. Because if you come in, you're not going to be seen unless you're uh, seriously ill. And they give you, the article is worth reading for, you know, because people might feel that if they have a particular condition, they better go into the emergency. And all they all they end up in the, is another number on the list. So, do you agree with the idea well, if that we should be very, very careful about going and following their advice and going into emergency department at all, unless you're half dead? But what's new? What's new is good. Yeah. yeah. This isn't the first time, it's not the first year, it's not the second year, it's not the third year. Indeed. It's mm -hmm. the same story over and over okay. again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and taking Mar that, Luke, that we have now 132 is the new record for trolleys. Maybe back a few years ago it was in the 50s or 60s. 60s right, yeah. Um, yeah, adding right. to that, a hospital telling you that don't come to the emergency department until, unless you are at death's door practically. It's, a, it's an embarrassment. And then a hundred... It's an embarrassment for the country. Somebody a hundred hours on, on a trolley. Yeah. A hundred hours is... What? It's four days, isn't it? Too short. Uh, so, it's like nobody can argue that UHL is working. And as but Luke we're says, seeing it every it week. <laughs> we're, we're coming to that conclusion nearly every week. Every mm. week. And uh, So what is being done about it? And, and the answer is probably nothing. Marie McMahon is here. She's from the Midwest Hospital Campaign, said... And her husband died on a trolley a few years ago, and she has joined this um, campaign. Yeah. And she has been with him for like a few yeah. years. And I heard her on the radio, and she's, she's very articulate and, and all sorts of stuff. And she's a, a lot of study done. And I Marie McMahon from the Midwestern Health Hospital Campaign said the fact that UHL has broken another record isn't unexpected because nothing is changing in terms of addressing the elephant in the room. With just one ED in the Midwest that can cope with all the emergency cases. It's, it's becoming very serious. It is just about, it is not just about numbers, it is about the way people are being treated, she said. You have the case of Conor Sheehan's grandfather who was left on a trolley for nearly 100 hours. That is worrying and is the things that are being missed. It's not fair on patients and staff. So, they are, they are not learning lessons. Instead of addressing this, they are shifting the problem around like the chairs in the Titanic. Uh, the lack of transparency is not just in January or December. Yep. We have overcrowding problems practically all year round, she claimed. And she said she claimed uh, Health Minister Stephen Donnelly was quite dismissive of overcrowding, making unfair comparisons between UHL, Tullamore and Waterford. It's like com comparing apples with oranges. The Midwest is only one, has only one ED and the whole region is for the whole region, which is not realistic. People in the southeast have the option of Waterford, Wexford, Kilkenny, South of Wales in 45 minutes. So, Pat, I have a question for you out of that. I'm making you the Taoiseach and I'm combining with it the Taunishta and I'm combining with that the Minister for Health. Now, you are in charge of those three departments. What would you do? to end this situation. It appears, John, that the, 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 you have Limerick, uh, the amount of people that it covers, which say you have Tipperary, you have North Tipperary, you have Clare, and you have Limerick. And um, there's no other hospital in the country that has 400,000 people to deal with. Yeah. 
But you're the boss, you can decide. Well, then, then they, 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 they have to sound it out and, 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 and have the second hospital or else uh, open the open the, the well, they well, have you know the way that The only way that they, uh, the people at that level would listen, John, yeah. if you had a minority government and if you had a combination of TDs from Clare, Tip and Limerick that stood on one topic alone. Mm. Mm. And so that's, and that's, that's your advice to the Taoiseach who's sitting opposite you. Yeah, but th- there's nothing going to be done. What? No. no. The new hospital what take is, to it. What has been done? Yeah, but John, there's no talk of a new hospital. There's no talk of nothing. Mm. There's no talk of what are they going to do to fix it. They all say, oh, it's it's overcrowded. It's this. It's that. There is no plan. There is no location. There is no recognition to yeah. say that, you know. Do we do we do something with Ennis? Do we do something with Nina? Do what do we do? Mm-hmm. There is no political will to solve it. And, and to, to prove that, you know, last summer there was a crisis, suppose it, in RT, yeah. where somebody was overpaid and it wasn't reported, etc., etc. And how many times have the, were the people involved called up before a Dáil committee? I can never remember, and maybe I've missed it, but like I think that the head people in UHL should be, that the new teacher, yeah, yeah. Pat O'Brien, should call them up <laughs> yeah. as, a, as a starting point mm. and say, what is wrong? Why can't you get the thing done? And then from that, see what the answer is. But you have to make somebody responsible. You see, it appeals in our government departments now, and... Uh, and the civil service, the, the, nobody take, is, is responsible. No one, the, the book doesn't seem to stop with anyone. Well, sure, you only need to look as far as the children's hospital to see that. Mm. Mm. So, we, have we made a step forward in, in appointing Pat as teacher? Well, definitely that's a step forward. But like a local man, <laughs> he'll get the job done. <laughs> yes. That's the, that's, but that's but it is the only hope. But if you're it a, is a disgrace and it is an embarrassment yeah. that this is sitting here and we're sitting at the doorstep yeah. of it. And the problem with it is, John, it's not in Dublin Four. No. If it was in Dublin Four, it would have been solved long ago. Do you that's, think so? Absolutely. Mm. Look, look at the political landscape that's out there at the minute. What representation is there in government from Clare or Limerick? Or temporary for that effect. Not look, much. Look, supposing we, we, we say, all right, you've, you've we're going to go like they did with the school, the school building system when there was a, a, a spurt of growth at one stage about, about 10 years ago. Okay? They didn't wait, the department didn't wait uh, years to begin to resolve it. They did what you're saying. They came up with ideas, and the one can't. idea was temporary accommodation. The quality of temporary accommodation was awful at the beginning, but as the years have gone on, temporary accommodation can be exceptionally good, as you, you know from your mm. own experience, Jim. So why not consider the question of a, a massive extension to the actual emergency uh, department, build it with uh, what you call the, the, the style, type of building, um, Pre, the word prefab is unfair, hmm. you know? The new, yeah, the new, the new concrete yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, what do you call it? Modular. So why don't we do and, yeah. and the thing about it is the HSE is not all bad. 
There are a lot of things which the HSE do, and do it very well. Yeah, so what would what, you say to once, my idea? Once you get into the system, I, I'll, I'll uh, pull you up on it, John. Yeah. Because I go back again to the lack of planning. Where physically are you going to put an extension onto what's already out there? Compulsory part. part where? Out there. You, this is there, where? There's houses literally next door to it. There isn't enough space there at the minute. Hmm. And they're still supposed to be putting a maternity hospital out there. Yeah. So you need, I said, the last new hospital in this country, when was it built? And where was it built? Tallah. In Tallah. In the 80s. And do you mm. think has our population increased since then? Mm. Should they only put one guard station into Tallah as well at the same time? Well, they? I won't argue about that. I'm Crazy. talking about hospitals. Yeah. But that, that's what you're dealing with. So yeah, but you won't give any. So you're not giving any. Uh, the idea of temporary quality um, accommodation. Yeah, John, it's a good idea, but I said they won't do it. There, you need someone with a bigger plan, a proper plan thought out to start to say, right, what are we going to do? Are we going to have to move X, Y, and Z to a brand new location, build there, and say, have that as an overflow for our yes, sake, for yes, Limerick? Yes, yes. And then say, can you develop Claire, uh, Claire Ennis, and mm. Tipperary, Nina, mm. in conjunction with it? Like, be realistic about it. The best place to do it would be somewhere off the motorway. Hmm. Like, yeah. Mary, there's Mary, plenty of land. Mary, it makes sense, we, so it's not going to happen. Just one on, on that latter point. If, do you recall, maybe you don't recall, or maybe you do, recall the offer of free land at Newlands Cross oh, so yeah, for the children's hospital. And the bit inside the city was all chopped yeah. up. So you're right about the motorway age. I mean, God mm. save us. Yeah. Uh, it cries out for that, but I, I, I would, I would say that a bit of compulsory. This is a number one item. Uh. But you need political will, and then the children's hospital. It struck me that it's kind of medical politics played a part in that mm. as well. Yes, yes. And, and in the and like was the the tail wagging the dog. No. But or, but ag agreed, but you've gross incompetence in the people that sort of are the, the bean counters responsible for it. Yes. Mm -hmm. When there's yeah. plans put out for it and there's no mention of uh, the electrical part of it, I said, well, lads, that'll add another 250 million onto it. Yeah. What shower of idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. We're responsible yeah. for that. But you, when you go back to back in what was it, 2012 or whenever Mary Hermie decided that uh, we have this centre of excellence outside in, uh, in the old dial. Mm. And um, no provision made for it from the people. There was going in tennis and they were going to Lena and going to St. John's. A bit of benign dictatorship might be out of might order, no Jim. Harm. Yeah, no? might be no harm. Huh? Okay, will we move on? Uh, have we solved that thing? No. We have found nothing, but we... Have we highlighted? Hopefully we've highlighted it for our listeners. It certainly would be, I think, any election, general election candidate who would arrive at your house looking mm. for a vote. Mm. I think it should be the first thing. It should be highlighted. Yeah. What are you going to do about Limerick? And you should say to anyone from Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, or the Greens, what have you done about it for the last five years? And the answer will be, buh, 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 then goodbye. Yeah, nothing. Mm. Okay, uh, we'll move on. I would mind you, uh, Luke, uh, his latter point, I'm reflecting on it. I mean, um, uh, perhaps it's it's... it's a little unfair. They must all take, I think, some degree of responsibility. 
the opposition and the coalition. Yeah, well, this in power hold the power to make the decisions. If you're in opposition, John, you can roar and shout about it all you want. A three-way coalition is not, is, is, is not giving you all the power. Anyway, clear our anyway, lines right. for a multi-million euro pink bonanza in 2028. And they're hoping here uh, that the Europe's largest LGBTQ plus event in the country, um, the Outing Festival, which is a sort of a pat. You've experience of this in terms of the matchmaking festival in, that you, you won an award for uh, a few months ago. We weren't, we weren't involved in this festival. No, but it's a, it, I believe it's a similar idea. It's a matchmaking Taste festival. Is, yeah, yeah, Whether yeah. Willie, no, Daly will have any part in it or not, I don't know. He's not mentioned in the... In no, yeah, he's not. It says Euro Pride would be as big as the Ryder Cup. It appears they have applied for a, 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 a European-wide um, festival uh, in Clare and Limerick. Um, in, but it's, it's in 2028, and um, it's... But where are they going to put them up for the accommodation? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, organizing, <laughs> the, the organizers of the Outing Festival, which takes place at Ramoland each year, have joined forces with, Clare, with Queer Clare Limerick Pride to, being, to, to, to bid for, to bring Euro Pride to the Midwest in 2028. First held in London in 1982, Europride is a pan-European cultural festival which includes an international human rights conference and, and uh, a week-long Magic Grass-style parade, Pride Parade. The scale of the event varies from year to year, but the largest Europride attracted 2.5 million people to Madrid in 2017. So, but the Inner um which was formerly yeah. known as the Clarion, has been confirmed, Pat, as the host venue for the next five years for the outing. How many people did you say, Pat? Two and a half million. We could hardly put up 250 the way <laughs> things are here at the minute. So yep. uh, where are they going for two and a half million? And, and, and you know what? They'll probably try and fly them into Dublin. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and bust them down to Dunratty. Yeah, we would talk about that later on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but that would be it. They lost something that would, they're, they're, yes, this, this is obviously the Irish version of it. Um, no, it's, it's the world's only one, but for the next five years, the Inner Trevoland has been confirmed as the venue. So, anything which brings a large number of people That's into the area. They will bring money into the Bring money as into the As long as they're, they're not I, sick or uh, in need of uh, medical care. Oh, not at all. <laughs> they would be no more than anyone who goes to the matchmaking festival in... In this in, uh, Yes. Okay, that's... That uh, could, could, I, could I just uh, on that list to environment story? So, some Patty, you have a lot of experience of dealing with the uh, the list to environment scenario. Okay, how do you actually approach when you were doing the recording? How do you approach me, for example, if as I'm a woman or a man going down there? How do you start the conversation? Well, we just we, we, we just went down to get together to, to the people and we'd say to them what we were doing, who we were from, and would they like to speak to us? So most of, most of the people are delighted to speak and have a bit of crack. And, and I mean, the, the question, what are they looking for? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'd, we'd go, kind of go around that. We wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't go developing things straight away and say, are you here for <laughs> 
Yeah. Men jag tänker ju det här för telefonen för drinksen yeah. musiken där för det är ju så maybe we I looking for husband or wife or yeah. a partner or something like that so that's why you do a your project. Anyway, okay. looking at uh, St. Flannan's College it's on page 4 in the Clare Echo and it's somewhere in the Clare Champion as well. I don't have a note taken of it. But uh, St. Flannan's said to be the biggest school in Munster. Yeah, which is yeah, it's in on page uh, page nine, uh, page eight of the championship. Of the champion, yes. Yeah, St. Helens and Knight bring the largest school in Munster, and uh, Jessica Quinn has it in the champion. Um, so it's a long time since we got a heading like that, which raises the question: How big can a school become before it starts being less effective? Yes. And the big schools in Leinster now and Dublin, John, would they have many pupils would they have? No, I don't know that. I know, I, secondary school, I don't know the ins and outs of it. I mean, but the same debate would have taken place at primary level. Yeah. Um, I mean, one argument would say that, you know, you can better equip, you know, a single school with a lot of pupils rather than sort of half-equip small schools. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that is definitely true. On the other hand, then, does a pupil, does, I mean, the, the, the individuality in the approach to education, which is part of the, the whole basis of it, that each, you know, you give each, you educate each child uh, looking after their particular needs, how much of that might get lost in a bigger school? Um, yeah. That's the debate really. Uh, and the, the same debate applies across, as you imply, yeah. uh, uh, to the second, at the second level. Okay? Yeah. So it's a debate that is about to commence, I'd say, again. Yeah. But it's also yeah. something that, you know, that within the management of the school yeah. and the, what would I say, the, the positions of responsibility mm. within the school below the principal would have to be carefully managed. Do you recall one, one argument that was, uh, as the last point on it, yeah, one uh, argument is uh, to have two schools, a junior school and a senior school. In the one building? In the one campus. Yes. Yeah. And that requires space. And you see what we're doing with the space in the grounds of, of Flannan's. Yes, we're yeah. selling land. Or yeah. giving it away. Yeah, perhaps. well, that's, I think that's a, that's that a right, good, Luke. That's yeah. an absolute disgrace. That, that, uh, that's an absolute disgrace. That, uh, you have you have the hidden there, and Flannan's in line to become the largest secondary school in Munster uh, with twelve hundred pupils plus. And um, the 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 dice is coming in and going going take it away some of our grounds and, and send it to the HSE for a an awesome home. Yes, and it's becoming the biggest school in Munster. Munster, yeah. Okay, we'll go on. Uh, uh, just Jim, you yes. with a uh, you. Move on. <laughs> on. Sorry, Pat. <laughs> You've treated no, just about You were going to go to school in Flannans. I see there's rugby in Flannans now. They won the first round right. of the cup there. That's and right. So and that's, yeah. a, that's a good thing to see. <laughs> so uh, just, Pat, to you, three people passed away in the last week. Well-known um, hurlers and, and hurling people involved in hurling. Yeah, Jack, um, yeah. Jack Hugh Gorman. Jack Hugh Gorman from Cattlow. Uh, Jim, there's a, there's a full page there on, on, on him and the, on the yeah, paper. Joe Merhertig does a fine he, yeah, piece he was, there. Uh, uh, Jesus, he was a, a fantastic player there in the, in the 70s team that, um, when, they, when they won two leagues. And you also had um, 
Don Lockley from Tubber, who was back in the 50s. I, I wouldn't remember Don Lockley piano, but I definitely remember Jackie O'Gorman. Yes. And he was a friend. You, so you, you was with Jimmy. Yeah, was there any of us who went to those games, games in the 1970s? Yeah, 70s. Uh, where, where Clare won three yeah. league finals, or sorry, two league finals in the Rin three, I think, yeah. but, and the one, two. Two, yeah. Um, mm. And he was, he was a yeah, Jackie, he, he, brilliant he, cornerback. Yeah, Hurling Mourne's backing of Jackie is the head and heel of Seamus Hayes. Um, Jackie came on to clear team in 1967 and he never missed a championship match until, until he retired in 1979. Yeah, really? He played in four Worcester finals, uh, 72, 74, 77 and 78. And they were beaten, every one of them. And they, won, they played in three leagues, I think, three leagues by 76, they were beaten in the replay and they won 77 and 78. Mm. So he was a fantastic hurler, he had a lovely um, style and wristy hurler. And, mm. Tough and hard as well when he had to be. He was, he was mm. indeed. And, and as you say, um, Don Lovelace went to who played with Clare back in the in the in the fifties and the sixties. Yeah. He was placed with back and he was an outstanding player as well. And um, I suppose we last had to pay tribute to Michael McNamara there from mm. um, from Clooney Quinn, who was secretary of Clooney Quinn, and uh, he was uh, worked with uh, the local authority Clare County Council. Yeah, I think he was he was returning officer. He was returning officer for the well for the for yeah. the, the elections. And um, his wife, uh, Anne Lawler, she, uh, she was uh, the librarian in Tuller, who is retired now. And she has been on the, on the, on the radio here a couple she of times with Dara. Dara has had her on a few yeah. times. So we, we'll, we'll uh, sympathise with uh, the families of all the, 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 those Indeed. three people. Okay. Right. We've reached half time. Uh, Pat, have you a, a piece of music or a song or something to uh, get yeah. us into the second half? Neil Diamond is 83 on January 24th, so we'll have Song, Song, Blue from 1972. Song, Song, Blue. Brilliant. Great choice. Song, Song. And there you heard the great Neil Diamond, as Pat said, 83, when last week or this week or? Um, uh, on the 24th, Jim. On uh, the 24th, okay. Yeah, but song, song blue. Yeah. Um, now, John, we're almost at St. Bridget's Day. We are. The 1st of February. And this brings you to a, a poem you learned at school. God knows, it must have been in the primary school. That's a long time ago. But it was a tough time, the 19th, the 19th century and the 18th century was a tough time for poets. They had such a fine lifestyle in the old Gaelic system. But with the Lords and the Tishi gone off to the continent, the, the, the bottom fell out of the whole bardic poetry thing. And nothing brings it out as much as that lovely spring poem of Ant Antoine or Aftery. Remember where he says, Fiachanishme, my Garbala. Look at me now, Egshenim Kyol, the folky follow. Playing music to empty pockets. empty pockets. And the poem that stands out this week. Now, every year, Jim, I don't believe we failed 
to acknowledge Anton or after it. Yes. Anish Chaktanari, Ben Rodol Kamshina, is Tarishna Felebrida, are doing a Machol. Oh, where may make you any? Ni stop a mechita, Gashasme she is Larkund of you. Go clark and a very schwer me on here, is a mallet if he's there, us knows me go. Go quench a machra had a canyon at court via sound. As a clear man, you must have a great feeling for that kind of sentiment. Yes, of course it would. And my grandmother was a male woman, so I... Yeah, there you are. <laughs> so, honour to... The, the um, St. Bridget is featured on page three of the living section of the Clare Champion, Clare to shine a light for women on St. Bridget's Day. And uh, that's an interesting story there. And there's some there's in... There's another on page 10, Jim. Um, uh, Planet Friendly Evening to Max St. Bridget's Day. That's in the Echo Pass. In the Echo, yeah. Special Evening to Max St. Bridget's Day at Clarehaven. Horizons Charity Superstore in takes place on February 4th. As well as music and mingling, there will be short talks on how to upcycle furniture and repose so-called waste, repurpose so-called waste, how we choose the right preload fashion items for you and how to be kind to the planet while doing so. So that's a, that's a, a very um, what's called, um, worthwhile thing for people to go along to where you, you, you be, um, repurpose and um, close. Yeah. close yes. the, and also, I suppose, another one on, uh, um, another one on, uh, on on St. Bridges as well. Um, in Balik, the ancient pagan festival marking the, the beginning of spring will be celebrated at Bunrahi Castle in Folk Park on February the 4th. The Clare County Visitor Attraction will showcase the vibrant crafts, traditions, animals, and customs that, um, uh, while the uh, celebration is also marked St. Bridges Day. So, um, yes. and that. I, I, you know, I think maybe since Clare County Council took over those facilities, I think it would be great to support them. And I've been to one or two mm. of those things in, yeah. in both uh, Bunratty and Craig and Owen. Mm. And it certainly would be. And th I think that's on Sunday next. It's on Sunday next, yeah, the 4th of February, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They're really, it's a lovely day out to yeah. go into yeah. Bunratty or to go into Craig and Owen, yeah. but Bunratty is on in this case. Okay, I see the Clare champion as well has a scarf to honour Edna with library naming. And uh, Edna is, it's, it's mentioned there, it was in the Clare Echo last week. But I think uh, John is met with universal approval. Oh yeah, but we've been talking about it for a good while, Jim, haven't yeah. we? We had a campaign growing, going, John, just before COVID. Yes. I remember yes. we had meetings in the in the GA Hall in yes, yes. Uh, of various people around with the idea of naming the library mm. after Edna and also maybe creating a, a literary festival. Indeed, indeed. And she, she is expressing profound appreciation. Yes. So it was done at the right time. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's good. And I mean, well deserved. Too grainy. I yeah. think you, you have... I'm glad you mentioned from Graham Johnson. <laughs> uh, you have St. Bridget's uh, Day, which is the first sort of bank holiday marked yeah. for a in honour of a woman. 
and Edna will be the first right. person in Clare to have a, a female in Clare to have a, a library named after. Yes. So any building in Clare that we can Yeah. Indeed. Long, long, long before time. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure I said if you're going to start w with uh, a woman, what a woman, what a lady to start with. Absolutely. Yes. And, yes. And, Absolutely. And, and, and why not start with a uh, woman? Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. indeed. Yeah. Yeah, right. As a matter of interest, <laughs> Jim, and this is directly directed to to uh, Luke uh, and his membership of the Development Association and Tim Rainey, okay, who are doing who are doing done great work in doing. Is there any consideration at all for plaques on properties here in Tungrady and Scarl? Associated with Edna. With Edna. Yeah. Or, or, well, there's, or, a, there's a plaque. There's uh, a plaque. I know the ones yeah. the entrance of the yeah. house. Yeah. You see, John, there, there are different things. Um, if you look at the work that the Balna Kilu Historical yes, Society have yes. done, I, I think that's probably what you're alluding to. They have, they have done great work. Yeah. You don't have that level yet of a historical society, we'll say, for the Scarf Tungrani area. Hmm. And I think there are some of those things that you probably need to have a little bit of cooperation. You know, there's a there's a plaque further up the road in honour of a a GA man, a goalie that died. That's right, Tommy Daly. Literally just a few hundred yards up the road. And like, you know, in the park, there's a few different bits and pieces as well. But like like all those things, um, you'd want to be doing them with consistency. Mm. You know, there's no point putting up a big plaque. Yes. You know, in one yes. place and having, a, you know, five different colours on a plaque for somebody else in, in, in a different place, you mm. know. But um, at, at a, an appropriate time, mm. I think there will be. Um, initiatives that would be driven to try and highlight that fact. I suppose, and, and if that comes to pass, acknowledging where technology can come in oh, to enhance absolutely. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like it's like mm. you know, with the things, the advent of the barcode, the humble barcode. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, to be able to scan. Um, you know, even on a poster. You, yeah. If you look at posters now or stuff like that. There's a, a, not a bad QR word, code. Sorry, QR code, mm -hmm. I should say. In a QR code, you put, you know, everybody nowadays, a vast majority of people have, have a mobile phone, point the camera at it, click a button, and then it'll bring you to a link for things. From a tourist point of view, it will help greatly with translation. If you have foreign visitors and, you know, if they yeah. see a plaque or of some description, click on the barcode and does a French translation, a German translation, touch, touch translation. Yes. But that, that's for down the line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, and, and I mean, I suppose. We could here in East Clare, to Grainy Development Association, perhaps Scarif Community Council or other groups, g to get involved, to get a, a literary festival off the ground. I think it would have the potential to be very successful. Mm, indeed. And these are successful now in other parts of the country. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been going for a number of years, yeah. but I mean, here we have somebody who is yeah, world yeah. famous. You do, but again, John, without, or Jim, without trying to rehash the old thing we have a severe lack of accommodation issue here in East Clare and yes. you know you would have a number of people in East Clare that would come to an event from a local perspective but you would also be hoping to bring people in from in, outside you know, and at the moment we don't have accommodation. Yeah. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah. Okay um, we moved to Flag Mount on page 13 of the Clare Champion. And actually, I was looking, we, we were at home looking at this programme, just the Today Show 
and in the afternoon on Dahi and Maura or whoever, Dahi anyway. Mm. And uh, she had, and I didn't realize it, but this uh, lady that she had on, do you know where they bring someone in and suddenly they put all sorts of people to work, hair and clothes and everything. And by the time she's finished, you'd hardly recognize her. But anyway, Mary Leonard uh, came into the studio and we saw her come in and we saw various work going on and then we had to leave and we missed the end of it and I couldn't watch it back. But I see it here on the Clare Champion, uh, Dan Danaher on his East Clare page, a makeover for Mary as Flagmount Farmer visits, visits the Glam Squad. So she's pictured there with one of her cows first at home before anything happened and then looking a million dollars uh, with her daughter Rachel after the makeover. What page so is that, Jim? It's on 13. page 13, 13 in the Clare page. But it's a lovely, lovely story, and they, yeah, they yeah. do that every week, I think, where, where they give somebody a makeover and um, change the hair, change the clothes, and makeup and whatnot. So, as I said, she looks great. It's a, it's a lovely little story that yeah. Dan has there. Um, and Jim, and, the, the, and on the same page is this new arrival on our shores. An unwelcome one, bark beetle, a threat to Cratlow Woods. This is serious. And it's very serious for a county like County Clare, which has such a high percentage of land given over to Sitka. And the bark beetle is the lover of the Sitka. So the danger of having repetition of the roan tree, of the uh, ash die back this would be an absolutely catastrophe. Yes. What do you think? And this beetle will kill the tree. It will eventually. Yes. yes. And they're talking. You're talking about the evergreens. That the, yeah. there's a huge economic, huge cost in that. So, it's uh, we're advising people to read that article uh, on page 13 of the Champion. Yeah, 20 percent of Clare is 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 under Father's tree. The which. 20% of the 20, county is on the farmers. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's yeah. frightening. It's, it is. It is very worrying for, because it's part of our, what we have planted right yeah. around the country. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which future housing and everything will depend on. Yeah, yeah. and there's a related question there. Dieback concerns for Clare Farmers, the whole committee here worries over lack of action in tackling Ash Dieback. Dan Denner has a story there on page 8 as well. Yeah. So, a clear dollar that these calls for action to be taken to address the ash dieback issue affecting local landowners. Mm. Speaking of the recent Giants Auctions Committee on Agriculture and Food in the Marine, Deputy Violet Ann Wynne said that the ash dieback issue is a major concern for Clare because 20% of the county is forested and is hard. It sees the largest plantation of ash trees. So it was just. Well, I think there is work going on in that, and, and it's more John was not John talk later than he said that there is some movement on it. But he said on the ash, on, on the, the ash side, that thing yes. was the slowest, but still. Yeah, but, but this would be far more, more, more um, uh, damaging. But also, damaging. even if you have a dead ash tree on your field, my understanding is you need to apply for permission to fell it. Is that right? Yeah. That I believe so, and so if you have a plantation, big or small and yeah. it's taking up ground and it's not going to get any bigger or develop and half the trees are dead. Yeah. I mean, what you want to do is get rid of it, yes. cut it down. 
but you still have to go through all the formalities. Which What's the logic in it? There's no logic in it, John. No. Why would there have Luke to be logic? Luke might find logic it's in just, it. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's just uh, uh, officialdom in, in departments again, John. I know, lads, it can't be that. Yeah, no, IFA chairman, Francie O'Gorman, expressed, expressed farmers' uh, ongoing disappointment with the pace at which the department is dealing with the ash dieback. So I often wonder, you know, whether it's ash dieback or health or education or the different things we talk about here, tree felling. Why is decision making so slow? You know, we've often talked about things and months later we get back to it again. Mm. And it's the same problem. Yeah. Decision making yes. at government level or at civil service level, level or whatever yeah, is painful. painful to the health thing we're talking yeah. about. And so if you go to the Bradford and Court of Clare thing, you went two or three years before they, they came to a conclusion and you'd imagine it would cost five million and that was it and yeah. go away and do it. Like, and and you'd, you'd imagine that that decision would have been made nearly yeah. a year or two ago. Oh, good, yeah, yeah. And, and why would they, you know... Why is it like out so long? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a... It's very frustrating. A weakness in our system. It is, mm. and it's very frustrating for the people to steal it, which is well the strength of it. Yes. And the other thing is, you know, there, there is a huge lack of communication, I think anyway, from government uh, to, in all of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we're sitting waiting for maybe 12 months or two years on something, which mm -hmm. makes common sense to most, most people. people yeah. I mean, if the government or their press agencies or whatever explained what was going on oh, yeah. and explained why it was taking some so time, yeah. if there is a reason, I mean, the, the offshore energy is another one, another one. Yeah. Um, yeah. where decisions seem to be taken You forever. mentioned the, the, uh, the agent as well. Every minister and, and deputy minister has an agent. Hmm. It's paid. I think he's paid, uh -huh. isn't he, by the state. He could be used to even yeah, form yeah. the link you're talking about. There's a secretary general sort of in each department, John, and then you have all the ones down along, the assistant and you have the assistant. Oh, well, the, 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 the agent is, is, is the, a, it's outside. You have the advisor. Yeah, the advisor. Advisor, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, but yeah. unless they can't make up their mind or they're just, it's so slow. But we need to be told. Or afraid to. Or afraid to, <laughs> yes. I, 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 when, we, when we were discussing the Broadford and Coral Clare thing, they are now in uh, the North is through for, for them to, uh, they're, getting, they're going to get it done. But I talked to a few politicians on it and I said, you know, why, why was it taking so long? And they said, there's um, fellows above in the department with a cost-benefit analysis. And they didn't think there's just, uh, just a cost-benefit analysis to, yes. to go ahead with those projects. Because yeah. It wasn't going to make uh, make sense or make money. To, uh, yes, you know. and of course the social end. And of it didn't make any difference. Make any difference. The sewer journey to the rivers or into the lakes or whatever. Okay, we're going to the movies soon, John. Are we? We are. Um, we're going in to Scarlet Community College. The East Clare Musical Society are um, involved in a night. What is it? Well, let's go to the movies. Let's go. Yeah, uh, East Clare yeah. ready to go to the movies. Uh, East Clare Musical Society have been in, re in rehearsals for the last five months and are ready to take to the stage with their production of Let's Go to the Movies. Uh, directed and choreographed with the amazing creative vision of Sarah Allen and the musical direction of Rory Maloney, this show is going to bring East Clare Musical Society back to the stage with a bang. 
It's so on, on, the, on February the 15th, is it? It's, it's on, yeah, 16th in, and it's, 17th. It's, it's, it's on the stage in the Community College on February the 15th, 16th and 17th. They also open yeah. at 8.45 for an... Um, Tickets are available online now. It's important yeah, to bring that out, isn't it? a quarter to seven and it will be on Cotton at 7.30. Yeah. Tickets cost is 20 euros, go and see it online. This Thursday, the 25th, generally at 9 a.m. And you can purchase those tickets via the link http dash dash tickets at East Clare Musical Society. You know what I think is a great thing what? about this, and, and you're very friendly with them, that Johnny O'Brien is not involved. Oh, no. yes. Yes. No, no. yes. And it's the first of these yeah. um, events, and they've gone back over the last nearly 20 years, I'd say. But yeah. Johnny has no involvement whatever this time. No, and it gives him the freedom he needed. He yeah. needs that. But it's, it's no. such like East Clare, the East Clare Music Society, and it has people from all over East Clare. Yes. Um, and they have done really well, and Johnny has always been at the helm. Yes. But it shows that there are other people there mm-hmm. who that were not dependent yeah, on Johnny. Absolutely. And as you say, Jack. it gives Johnny a break as well. Yeah. And I'm sure Johnny will be back in the saddle again at some stage without, you know, not hungry, hungry for it. Yeah. But we had Brown Don Baggio in yes. last, last week, week yeah. in Saturday Chronicle and he was, he was, you know, looking forward yeah. to it and he's organising some of it. So the date again, Jim, is, uh, Pat, is the 15th? 16th? It's on the 17th, and, and oh, the 15th, 16th, and 17th of February. Of Feb. Yeah. And come early. Yeah, the cost at 7.30 and uh, the doors will be open at uh, 6.45. It's 20 quid. And, and it's 20 euros. And by the way, Pat, it's, it's, it's online. It's online. I think you have to buy your tickets online, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, on page 9 of the Clare Champion, uh, there's... A piece down at the bottom of page nine, again by Dan Danaher, and this of course falls into Dan's um, remit here in East Clare. Uh, And the headline is East Clare Greenway Development Motoring Towards Final Draft Stage. So it's, uh, and it talks about, uh, I suppose, do you remember we were back with Broadford and Cora Clare, and we were using various words to say we're <laughs> almost there or we're knocking on the door. So motoring towards is one of those. Um, motoring is a bit ironic for a greenway. It is, <laughs> where there'll be no motors. What do you make of it, Luke? Uh, an honest opinion, Jim, I probably couldn't broadcast. But um, <laughs> um, <clears throat> there's discussions in relation to bringing it out to... Um, uh, Killaloo, uh, sorry, from to Mount Shannon, from which from would say its end point, which is technically it's coming from Limerick out to to slash Scarrow. Yeah, and again, uh, the words common sense and planning and various other bits and pieces that have been included uh, in this program so far, there is a certain lack of it um, being displayed with this because if. Uh, as a piece of infrastructure and what you're trying to do is you know keep things sustainable and all the rest of that uh, which what's the big tour apart from the bridge in Killaloo what's the big tourist uh, attraction that hopefully will be in East Clare for many years to come it's, and that's it's, it's Holy Island and Holy Island and if you were trying to you know just say it to yourself now if you were trying to travel on a greenway just from Kerry 
you can come from Kerry all the way up to Limerick. Yes. Then you might need to get a little bit of a transfer and over around to UL, and then you could get back onto a greenway and come all the way down to Tungrain. And uh, then, and you'd be looking at Holy Island as you're probably uh, on the cycle, but then you start to find that's as far as close as you're going to get to it. It would make sense, and it would have made sense before they ever got, uh, you know, to start uh, this this thing that they should have looked at running it as far as Mount Shannon. Yeah. But like, I think that there, there are issues. Like again, you go back to why do things take so long in this country, Jim? There's various reasons uh, for it, but. There's been two consultations in relation to this already, and I personally have been at the two of them because it's actually you know a little bit curious to see what, what they're looking to do. And from the first consultation to the second consultation, there was no work done on anything from Killaloo to Scarf. Mm-hmm. That wasn't in the first consultation. The main priority was trying to get around the ESB situation around O'Brien's Bridge. That was what they were considering then. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I take it with a point of interest um, uh, that they say that the next consultation stage is nearly at a, it says, a quote, a preferred route corridor mm-hmm. report is now at final draft stage, having been reviewed by project steering group members. So uh, we'd be looking forward to the next uh, public consultation that will take place because anyone that um, knows the lie of the land knows that to get from Limerick out to Killaloo is the easy part. And I think they'd be considering using you know, a lot of the old air in the canal and the road is flat. Yeah. But to get from Ogunlo to Tungrain, uh, you said you have to go up a big hill and you have to come down a big hill. What options have you? Well, if, if you take it, let's say take the listeners who, who are tuned in. Well, well the now. options that are sort of be, were mentioned are basically one is uh, the, the main road, which would be looking to expand the path that's already there. And to me, that's a, a total non-runner because to have a proper greenway, I think the requirements are it has to be seven metres wide. The, I'd say the main road and parts of that are And there are a lot of houses absolutely. very close to, yeah. to that path. Yeah, absolutely. So and how about and, going and, to and the water's edge? Another option is to come up by, um, you know, we'd say the, the back road, shall we say, uh, you know, we'd say up past the Pipers and, you know, come yeah. up El Kelly that direction. But the, the problem there is that uh, as you go up, we'll say, the back church in Ogunla, you have a serious... Uh, a serious rise, and one of the things with greenways is that they try not to have too steep, um, you know, a, a route Brilliant. along it because you don't want to be discouraging people from yes, traveling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it would say the two two plans sort of are that would say at at Raheen that the plan is that it would sort of cut down by Raheen down by the back of the hospital and go down to the water from there. Now another option is we say to come, uh, you know, as you said, by by the water out from. Killaloo, but that's not going to be an option either because there's a number of houses that are right on the water and you'd be cutting through people's gardens and stuff like that as well. So I'd be very interested to see what they've um, what they've come up with. Okay. But Pat Burke, you know, he makes a fair point. You know, he says, for tourists in Limerick to get on their bike and arrive in Scarf, wonder why they can't get as far as Mount Shannon without getting back onto the public road is disappointing. I would agree with him 100% in relation to that. Yes, he even suggests that... Uh we, that this route from Scariff to Mount Shannon would be along the higher ground 
which would be presumably on the middle line road. The Connacht Road, out that Connacht way. Connacht Road. And yeah, you'd be able to hop on to it yourself, Jim. Yes, there, I'd have no yeah. excuse but to get on. <laughs> and Jim, the, the actual interesting thing is, there is an old road, cutting. I know it's not terribly relevant to this immediate, uh, but the old road that uh, connected us with the, with the province of Connacht, mm. and we've had the O'Donnells from Donegal and... Uh, coming down over the mountain, across at Woodford, out, probably in through your back garden. Yes. You know? I mean, the remains of the old road. Yeah. Well, the, the road where I live on are the remains of that the road. historic road. Yes. The, the big issue with uh, this Greenway plan is that I think it's one of the first, I think there may be one other one, it's that it's a Greenway that is not on an old train line yes route the west clare greenway that they're planning is yes. using the old, is using the old yeah. line there so there are a lot more much issues. easier then okay yeah. listen much we're easier. out we're out of time okay. uh, thank you to everybody we've got through a lot this evening a lot of different subjects and uh, we could keep talking here for the next hour i've no doubt and um, thanks to everybody uh thanks to john s you're welcome jim and to pat thanks jim and to luke for nice your um performance this afternoon off the bench and uh, we'll look forward uh, to next week again. Uh, Pat, what are we going to play out? We had Neil Diamond at half time. Maybe John should be announcing this one. Tony Christie. I did what I did for Maria. Very good. So Tony Christie. <laughs> and he's 71. Was it Tony Christie and Dawn? Yeah. He, used um, to. he is consulted in Cork. He's he was on the on, on, when the day there. And, he has concerts in Cork and Dublin and, um, and Belfast this week. Very good. So I did what I did for Maria. And he's... Um, and he do it again. His, <laughs> his name isn't actually Tony Christie at all. That's a, a show name. His, his name yes. is Tony Fitzgerald. Oh, very good. And his people are from Mayo. Yes. No. Yes. Of Norman origin, no doubt, yeah. with being Fitzgerald. Okay, thanks to everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again at 2 p.m. next Sunday for most for now. Goodbye and God bless. Sunrise, this is the last day that I'll ever see Out in the courtyard, they're ready for me But I go to my Lord with no fear Cause I did what I did for Maria